Chapter Twenty Three, Part Two of Gilbert Keith Chesterton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carol Pelster. Gilbert Keith Chesterton by Maisie Ward. Chapter Thirty Two, Part Two. Rome via Jerusalem. The whole of Catholic theology can be justified, says Gilbert if you are allowed to start with those two ideas that the church is popularly supposed to oppose reason and liberty to become a catholic is not to leave off thinking but to learn how to think it is so in exactly the same sense in which to recover from palsy is not to leave off moving but to learn how to move the convert has learnt long before his conversion that the church will not force him to abandon his will but he is not unreasonably dismayed at the extent to which he may have to use his will this was the crux for gilbert there is in the last second of time or hair-breadth of space before the iron leaps to the magnet an abyss full of all the unfathomable forces of the universe the space between doing and not doing such a thing is so tiny and so vast father maturin said after his conversion that for at least ten years before it the question had never been out of his mind for ten waking minutes it was about ten years since gilbert had first talked to father o'connor of his intention to join the church but in his case thought on the subject could not have been so continuous still he had time for patronizing discovery and running away all in leisurely fashion external efforts to help him had been worse than useless as he indicates in the catholic church and conversion they had always put him back gilbert could not be hustled says maurice baring of his whole habit of mind and body you could fluster gilbert but not hustle him says father o'connor they were both too wise to try in two letters gilbert said that the two people who helped him most at this time were maurice baring and father ronald knox who had both gone through the same experience themselves besides the positive mental processes of recognition repulsion and attraction exercised by the church gilbert was affected to some extent both by affection for the church of england and disappointment with it the profound joy of his early conversion to christianity was linked with anglicanism and so too were many friendships and the continued attachment to it of francis but what he said to maurice baring about a porch is representative like father maturin he felt he owed so much to his anglican friends he hated to stress overmuch the revulsion from anglicanism in the process of conversion but it did at this date contribute to the converging arguments he wrote to maurice baring so many thanks for the sermons which i will certainly return as you suggest i had the other day a trying experience and i think a hard case of casuistry 
i am not sure that i was right but also not by any means sure i was wrong long ago before my present crisis i had promised somebody to take part in what i took to be a small debate on labor too late by my own carelessness i found to my horror it had swelled into a huge anglo-catholic congress at the albert hall i tried to get out of it but i was held to my promise then i reflected that i could only write as i was already writing to my anglo-catholic friends on the basis that i was one of them now in doubt about continuing such and that their conference in some sense served the same purpose as their letters what affected me most however was that by my own fault i had put them into a hole otherwise i would not just now speak from or for their platform just as i could not as yet at any rate speak from or for yours so i spoke very briefly saying something of what i think about social ethics whether or not my decision was right my experience was curious and suggestive though tragic for i felt it like a farewell there was no doubt about the enthusiasm of those thousands of anglo-catholics but there was also no doubt unless i am much mistaken that many of them besides myself would be roman catholics rather than accept things they are quite likely to be asked to accept for instance by the lambeth conference for though my own distress as in most cases i suppose has much deeper grounds than clerical decisions yet if i cannot stay where i am it will be a sort of useful symbol that the english church has done something decisively protestant or pagan i mean that to those to whom i cannot give my spiritual biography i can say that the insecurity i felt in anglicanism was typified in the lambeth conference i am at least sure that much turns on that conference if not for me for large numbers of those people at the albert hall a young anglo-catholic curate has just told me that the crowd there cheered all references to the pope and laughed at every mention of the archbishop of canterbury it's a queer state of things i am concerned most however about somebody i value more than the archbishop of canterbury francis to whom i owe much of my own faith and to whom therefore as far as i can see my way i also owe every decent chance for the controversial defence of her faith if her side can convince me they have a right to do so if not i shall go hot and strong to convince her i put it clumsily but there is a point in my mind logically therefore i must await answers from waggett and gore as well as knox and macnab and talk the whole thing over with her and then act as i believe this is a dusty political sort of letter with nothing in it but what i think and nothing of what i feel for that side of it i can only express myself by asking for your prayers the accident of his having to speak at this congress 
where he was received with enormous enthusiasm probably led to a fuller analysis of this element in his thought i put here a letter he wrote to maurice baring soon after his conversion because it sums up the anglican question as he finally saw it february fourteenth nineteen twenty three please forgive me for the delay but i have been caught in a cataract of letters and work in connection with the new paper we are trying to start and am now dictating this under conditions that make it impossible for it to resemble anything so personal and intimate as the great unwritten epistle to which you refer but i will note down here very hurriedly and in a more impersonal way some of the matters that have affected me in relation to the great problem to begin with i am shy of giving one of my deepest reasons because it is hard to put it without offence but i am sure it is the wrong method to offend the wavering anglo-catholic but i believe one of my strongest motives was mixed up with the idea of honour i feel there is something mean about not making complete confession and restitution after a historic error and slander it is not the same thing to withdraw the charges against rome one by one or restore the traditions to canterbury one by one suppose a young prig refuses to live with his father or his friend or his wife because wine is drunk in the house or there are greek statues in the hall suppose he goes off on his own and develops broader ideas on the day he drinks his first glass of wine i think it is essential to his honour that he should go back to his father or his friend and say you are right and i was wrong and we will drink wine together it is not consonant with his honour that he should set up a house of his own with wine and statues and every parallel particular and still treat the other as if he were in the wrong that is mean because it is making the best of both it is combining the advantages of being right with the advantages of having been wrong any analogy is imperfect but i think you see what i mean the larger version of this is that england has really got into so wrong a state with its plutocracy and neglected populace and materialistic and servile morality that it must take a sharp turn that will be a sensational turn no evolution into catholicism will have that moral effect christianity is the religion of repentance it stands against modern fatalism and pessimistic futurism mainly in saying that a man can go back if we do decidedly go back it will show that religion is alive for the rest i do not say much about the details of continuity and succession because the truth is they did not much affect me what i see is that we cannot complain of england suffering from being protestant and at the same time claim that she has always been catholic that there has always been a high church party is true that there has always been an anglo-catholic party may be true but i'm not so sure of it but there is one matter arising from that which i do think important 
even the high church party even the anglo-catholic party only confronts a particular heresy called protestantism upon particular points it defends ritual rightly or even sacramentalism rightly because these are the things the puritans attacked if it is not the heresy of an age at least it is only the anti-heresy of an age but since i have been a catholic i have become conscious of being in a much vaster arsenal full of arms against countless other potential enemies the church as the church and not merely as ordinary opinion has something to say to philosophies which the merely high church has never had occasion to think about if the next movement is the very reverse of protestantism the church will have something to say about it or rather has already something to say about it you might unite all high churchmen on the high church quarrel but what authority is to unite them when the devil declares his next war on the world another quality that impresses me is the power of being decisive first and being proved right afterwards this is exactly the quality a supernatural power would have and i know nothing else in modern religion that has it for instance there was a time when i should have thought psychical inquiry the most reasonable thing in the world and rather favorable to religion i was afterwards convinced by experience and not merely faith that spiritualism is a practical poison don't people see that when that is found in experience a prodigious prestige accrues to the authority which long before the experiment did not pretend to inquire but simply said drop it we feel that the authority did not discover it knew there are a hundred other things of which that story is true in my own experience but the high churchman has a perfect right to be a spiritualistic inquirer only he has not a right to claim that his authority knew beforehand the truth about spiritualistic inquiry of course there are a hundred things more to say indeed the greatest argument for catholicism is exactly what makes it so hard to argue for it it is the scale and multiplicity of the forms of truth and help that it has to offer and perhaps after all the only thing that you and i can really say with profit is exactly what you yourself suggested that we are men who have talked to a good many men about a good many things and seen something of the world and the philosophies of the world and that we have not the shadow of a doubt about what was the wisest act of our lives this letter as we have seen was written afterwards meanwhile the story of the last slow but by no means uncertain steps is best told in a series of undated letters to father ronald knox dear father knox it is hard not to have a silly feeling that demons in the form of circumstances get in the way of what concerns one most 
and i have been distracted with details for which i have to be responsible in connection with the new witness which is in a crisis about which shareholders etc have to be consulted i can't let my brother's paper that stands for all he believed in go without doing all i can and i am trying to get it started again with belloc to run it if possible but the matter of our meeting has got into every chink of my thoughts even the pauses of talk on practical things i could not explain myself at that meeting and i want to try again now i could not explain what i mean about my wife without saying much more i see in principle it is not on the same level as the true church for nothing can be on the same level as god but it is on quite a different level from social sentiments about friends and family i have been a rottenly irresponsible person till i began to wear the iron ring of catholic responsibilities but i really have felt a responsibility about her more serious than affection let alone passion first because she gave me my first respect for sacramental christianity second because she is one of the good who mysteriously suffer i have however a more practical reason for returning to this point so far as my own feelings go i think i might rightly make application to be instructed as soon as possible but i should not like to take so serious a step without reopening the matter with her which i could do by the end of a week i have had no opportunity before because she has only just recovered from an illness and is going away for a few days but at about the end of next week say everything ought to be ready meanwhile i will write to you again as i ought to have done before but this tangle of business ties me up terribly just now perhaps you could tell me how i could arrange matters with some priest or religious in london whose convenience it would suit if i came up once or twice a week or whatever is required or give me the address of someone to write to if that is the correct way there are priests at high wycombe which is nearer but i imagine they are very busy parochial clergy i had meant to write to you about the convictions involved in a more abstract way but i fear i have filled my letter with one personal point but as i say i will write to you again about the other matters and as they are more intellectual and less emotional i hope i may be a little more coherent yours very sincerely g k chesterton p s this has been delayed even longer than i thought for business bothers of my own and the papers plus finishing a book and all my journalism are bewildering me terribly dear father knox please excuse this journalistic paper but the letter-block seems undiscoverable at this time of night i ought to have written before but we have been in some family trouble my father is very ill and as he is an old man my feelings are with him and my mother in a way more serious than anything except the matter of our correspondence essentially of course 
it does not so much turn the current of my thoughts as deepen it to see a man so many million times better than i am in every way and one to whom i owe everything under such a shadow makes me feel on top of all my particular feelings the shadow that lies on us all i can't tell you what i feel of course but i hope i may ask for your prayers for my people and for me my father is the very best man i ever knew of that generation that never understood the new need of a spiritual authority and lives almost perfectly by the sort of religion men had when rationalism was rational i think he was always subconsciously prepared for the next generation having less theology than he has and is rather puzzled at its having more but i think he understood my brother's conversion better than my mother did she is more difficult and of course i cannot bother her just now however my trouble has a practical side for which i originally mentioned it as this may bring me to london more than i thought it seems possible i might go there after all instead of wickham if i knew to whom to go also i find i stupidly destroyed your letter with the names of the priests at wickham to whom you referred me would it bother you very much to send me the names again and any alternative london ones that occur to you and i will let you know my course of action then please forgive the disorder of my writing and feeling yours sincerely g k chesterton dear father knox i was just settling down three days ago to write a full reply to your last very kind letter which i should have answered long before when i received the wire that called me instantly to town my father died on monday and since then i have been doing the little i can for my mother but even that little involves a great deal of business the least valuable sort of help i will not attempt to tell you now all that this involves in connection with my deeper feelings and intentions for i only send you this interim scribble as an excuse for delaying the letter i had already begun and which nothing less than this catastrophe would have prevented me finishing i hope to finish it in a few days i am not sure whether i shall then be back in beaconsfield but if so it will be at a new address top meadow beaconsfield yours in haste g k chesterton dear father knox i feel horribly guilty in not having written before and i do most earnestly hope you have not allowed my delay to interfere with any of your own arrangements i have had a serious and very moving talk with my wife and she is only too delighted at the idea of your visit in itself in fact she really wants to know you very much unfortunately it does not seem very workable at the time to which i suppose you referred i imagine it more or less corresponds to next week and we have only one spare bedroom yet 
which is occupied by a nurse who is giving my wife a treatment that seems to be doing her good and which i don't want to stop if i can help it i am sure you will believe that my regret about this difficulty is really not the conventional apology though heaven knows all sorts of apologies are due to you touching the other idea of lady lovat's most generous invitation i am not so sure as that again depends at the moment on the treatment but of course i shall let lady lovat know very soon in any case and make other arrangements as you suggested in our conversation my wife was all that i hope you will some day know her to be she is incapable of wanting me to do anything but what i think right and admits the same possibility for herself but it is much more of a wrench for her for she has been able to practice her religion in complete good faith which my own doubts have prevented me from doing i will write again very soon yours sincerely g k chesterton p s i am ashamed to say this has been finished fully forty-eight hours after i meant it to go owing to executor business nobody so unbusinesslike as i am ought to be busy dear father knox this is only a wild and hasty line to show i have not forgotten and to ask you if it would be too late if i let you know in a day or two touching your generous suggestion about your vacation i shall know for certain i think at latest by the end of the week but just at the moment it depends on things still uncertain about a nurse who is staying here giving my wife a treatment of radiant heat one would hardly think needed in this weather but it seems to be doing her good i am thankful to say if this is pushing your great patience too far please do not hesitate to make other arrangements if you wish to i shall no doubt be able to do the same but i should love to accept your suggestion if possible yours sincerely g k chesterton dear father knox just as i was emerging from the hurricane of business i mentioned to you i find myself under a promise a year old to go and lecture for a week in holland and i write this almost stepping on to the boat i don't in the least want to go but i suppose the great question is there as elsewhere indeed i hear it is something of a reconquered territory some say a third of this heroic calvinist state is now catholic i have no time to write properly but the truth is that even before so small a journey i have a queer and perhaps superstitious feeling that i should like to repeat to you my intention of following the example of the worthy calvinists please god so that you could even cite it if there were ever need in good cause i will write to you again and more fully about the business of instruction when i return which should be in about ten days yours always sincerely g k chesterton dear father knox i ought to have written long ago to tell you what i have done about the most practical of business matters i have again been torn in pieces by the wars of the new witness but i have managed to have another talk with my wife after which i have written to our old friend father o'connor and asked him to come here 
as he probably can from what i hear i doubt whether i can possibly put in words why i feel sure this is the right thing not so much for my sake as for hers we talk about misunderstandings but i think it is possible to understand too well for comfort certainly too well for my powers of psychological description francis is just at the point where rome acts both as the positive and the negative magnet a touch would turn her either way almost against her will to hatred but with the right touch to a faith far beyond my reach i know father o'connor's would be the touch that does not startle because she knows him and is fond of him and the only thing she asked of me was to send for him if he cannot come of course i shall take other action and let you know i doubt if most people could make head or tail of this hasty scrawl but i think you will understand yours sincerely g k chesterton father knox wrote on july seventeenth nineteen twenty two i'm awfully glad to hear that you've sent for father o'connor and that you think he's likely to be available i must say that in the story father brown's powers of neglecting his parish always seem to me even more admirable than dr watson's power of neglecting his practice so i hope this trait was drawn from the life father o'connor has described the two days before the reception on thursday morning on one of our trips to the village i told mrs chesterton there is only one thing troubling gilbert about the great step the effect it is going to have on you oh i shall be infinitely relieved you cannot imagine how it fidgets gilbert to have anything on his mind the last three months have been exceptionally trying i should be only too glad to come with him if god in his mercy would show the way clear but up to now he has not made it clear enough to me to justify such a step so i was able to reassure gilbert that afternoon we discussed at large such special points as he wished and then i told him to read through the penny catechism to make sure there were no snags to a prosperous passage it was a sight for men and angels and all the friday to see him wandering in and out of the house with his fingers in the leaves of the little book resting it on his forearm whilst he pondered with his head on one side the ceremony took place in a kind of shed with corrugated iron roof and wooden walls a part of the railway hotel for at this time beaconsfield had no catholic church father ignatius rice o s b another old and dear friend came over from the abbey at douay to join father o'connor at breakfast at the inn and they afterwards walked up together to top meadow what follows is from notes made by my husband of a conversation with father rice they found gilbert in an armchair reading the catechism pulling faces and making noises as he used to do when reading he got up and stuffed the catechism in his pocket at lunch he drank water and poured wine for everyone else about three they set out for the church suddenly father o'connor asked g k if he had brought the ritual 
g k plunged his hand in his pocket pulled out a threepenny shocker with complete absence of embarrassment and went on searching till at last he found the prayer-book while g k was making his confession to father o'connor francis and father rice went out of the chapel and sat on the yokel's bench in the bar of the inn she was weeping after the baptism the two priests came out and left gilbert and francis inside father rice went back for something he had forgotten and he saw them coming down the aisle she was still weeping and gilbert had his arm round her comforting her he wrote the sonnet on his conversion that day he was in brilliant form for the rest of the day quoting poetry and jesting in the highest spirits he joined the church to restore his innocence sin was almost the greatest reality to him he became a catholic because of the church's practical power of dealing with sin immediately he wrote to his mother and to maurice baring who had anxiously feared he had perhaps offended gilbert so long was it since he had heard from him my dearest mother i write this with the worst pen in south bucks to tell you something before i write about it to any one else something about which we shall probably be in the position of the two bosom friends at oxford who never differed except in opinion you have always been so wise in not judging people by their opinions but rather the opinions by the people it is in one sense a long story by this time but i have come to the same conclusion that cecil did about needs of the modern world in religion and right dealing and i am now a catholic in the same sense as he having long claimed the name in its anglo-catholic sense i am not going to make a foolish fuss of reassuring you about things i am sure you never doubted these things do not hurt any relations between people as fond of each other as we are any more than they ever made any difference to the love between cecil and ourselves but there are two things i should like to tell you in case you do not realize them through some other impression i have thought about you and all that i owe to you and my father not only in the way of affection but of the ideals of honor and freedom and charity and all other good things you always taught me and i am not conscious of the smallest break or difference in those ideals but only of a new and necessary way of fighting for them i think as cecil did that the fight for the family and the free citizen and everything decent must now be waged by the one fighting form of christianity the other is that i have thought this out for myself and not in a hurry of feeling it is months since i saw my catholic friends and years since i talked to them about it i believe it is the truth i must end now you know with how much love for the post is going always your loving son gilbert dear maurice my abominable delay deserves every penalty conceivable hanging burning and boiling in oil but really not so inconceivable an idea as that i should be offended with you at any time 
let alone after all you have done in this matter however thoroughly you might be justified in being offended with me really and truly my delay indefensible as it is was due to a desire and hope of writing you a letter quite different from all those i have had to write to other people a very long and intimate letter trying to tell you all about this wonderful business in which you have helped me so much more than any one else the only other person i meant to write to in the same style is father knox and his has been delayed in the same topsy-turvy way i am drowning in whirlpools of work and worry over the new witness which nearly went bankrupt for good this week but worry does not worry so much as it did before unless it is adding insult to injury i shall send the long letter after all this i send off instantly on receipt of yours please forgive me you see i humiliate myself by using your stamped envelope yours always g k chesterton this sense that the church was needed to fight for the world was very strong in gilbert when he hailed it to his mother as the one fighting form of christianity in the new witness he answered near this time a newspaper suggestion that the church ought to move with the times the cities of the plain might have remarked that the heavens above them did not altogether fit in with their own high civilization and social habits they would be right oddly enough however when symmetry was eventually restored it was not the heavens that had been obliged to adapt themselves the church cannot move with the times simply because the times are not moving the church can only stick in the mud with the times and rot and stink with the times in the economic and social world as such there is no activity except that sort of automatic activity that is called decay the withering of the high powers of freedom and their decomposition into the aboriginal soil of slavery in that way the world stands much at the same stage as it did at the beginning of the dark ages and the church has the same task as it had at the beginning of the dark ages to save all the light and liberty that can be saved to resist the downward drag of the world and to wait for better days so much a real church would certainly do but a real church might be able to do more it might make its dark ages something more than a seed time it might make them the very reverse of dark it might present its more human ideal in such abrupt and attractive a contrast to the inhuman trend of the time as to inspire men suddenly for one of the moral revolutions of history so that men now living shall not taste of death until they have seen justice return we do not want as the newspapers say a church that will move with the world we want a church that will move the world we want one that will move it away from many of the things towards which it is now moving for instance the servile state it is by that test that history will really judge of any church whether it is the real church or no end of chapter twenty three part two